This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 26, take one. Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Today we have the checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have our review of the new HBO Max movie, Tom and Jerry. We have our top billing of non-Disney animated movies. So please grab your popcorn now, use the restrooms, and enjoy the 26th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Hello, everybody, and good afternoon. How are we doing on this fabulous Sunday evening? Nez, we're doing fantastic. I'm hyped for this podcast, mainly because I hear my dad in the other room playing in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It's the battle scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and I'm oh hearing the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I've never been more hyped up for a podcast. I don't know how else you hype up for a movie podcast other than hearing that sensational score, but I'm ready right. to roll. Exciting episode here. I have the right. high ground. Don't do it, Anakin. Don't try it. Arguably the best lightsaber fight of the of the entire Star Wars. That's my favorite. What do you think? One of my very first blogs for this website. I think maybe I think that's a top five blog I've ever written. And I I took a lot of thought into that. I made many revisions. It took days on end, and uh, I sent it to all. Yeah, I sent it to all. I I sent it to you. I sent it. Mm -hmm. I sent it like everybody I know, and everyone was basically saying. Who wrote this? Because they didn't know we had a podcast or a website yet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. guess what? I wrote it. Nice. Like, Dr. Rowe wrote it. Stop checking it out. What's it titled? What's the title? Uh, it's Top 5 Lightsaber Battles in Star Wars History. Everybody go check out the Top 5 Lightsaber Battles in History on thedrivenpod.com. May the yeah. 4th, it will be retweeted. You were yes. the chosen one. <laughs> I hate you. I, see, I literally <laughs> is playing right now. It's like the whole. <laughs> like oh it, it's God. going off right now. I'm jealous of your dad. I want to be watching that right now. I, I want to lead the pod. I have to throw it on after him right now. After this recording, yeah. I have to throw it on. Not a bad idea, Ricky Flex. How are you, dude? Well, I am doing great. The back is better for all you asking on social media. Thank you. But <laughs> the back is back. But <laughs> Nez, I don't want to spoil the review here. But Tom and Cher- Jerry are your guys. Is this your mm-hmm. king? True. Yeah. Is your is your yeah, I don't want to spoil the review either, but all I gotta say is early, early Oscar contender Tom and Jerry, <laughs> early Oscar, best picture, best picture. But, Ricky Flex right. line of the podcast in the first three minutes. <laughs> but, <Still> King. <laughs> back is better, but the mind is a little fried after that Tom and Jerry movie. But I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, we got a lot to say, but the first thing we have to do before we even get to the review is we have to get the latest news. We got to get some some news out of Hollywood. I know Dr. O's got the juicy information, so let's head over for the checkup. Dr. O, check us up. You know I got the juice. Let's check the audiences up. Always got the juice. We always got the juice. Here we go. Guess what? Spider-Man 3, we got a title. Spider-Man 3 is titled No Way Home. It's going to – it was uh, displayed through a 
video from Sony poking fun at Tom Holland's inability to be secretive about anything coming out about an MCU film. The promo included a whiteboard with the title and then it had a bunch of hexes, which obviously is like a callback to WandaVision, which is obviously premiering currently. And we have the, the season finale, I believe this Friday. So Spider-Man No Way Home. What are your thoughts on the title, Nez? Why does every Spider-Man that comes out now has to have the word home in it? It has to. It's it's like how Meek Mill puts dreams in in every every (laughs) piece of work that he puts out, you know, dreams and nightmares, dreams. I just Is that a problem? Good connection. No, I just find the consistency of people doing that. I find it very interesting. And like everything has to do with home for Spider Man. Why does it always have to be home? It is very thematic. Um but I don't think that real no way home. That's a little sketchy. So I mean, what what are we talking here? Are we talking alternate realities, other planets? Like where is he going? Where he won't become other home? planets? I don't know. Other planets. <laughs> because last you know last time he was in Europe and they didn't name it No Way Home. I don't know. I'm a little intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued. Um, and you know, there's a lot of buzz coming from this movie, uh, based off of you know, are they bringing in other past Spider Mans and stuff like that? Um, so he might go somewhere where he ain't coming out and it might be very very similar actually to into the spider-verse so um we'll see how flicks what are you what are you thinking about this uh up and coming uh yeah before i get to my thoughts on the title i'll say this is what we're gonna see now right we've been seeing it from the snyder cut with trailers for the trailer these images that are leaked just like before the this whiteboard image came out in that video we had the night before zendaya and Tom Holland and a producer on the film come out with their fake titles like phone from home and all this stuff. So we're going to be slice. seeing right home slice. Like we're going to see all this promotion, like fake promotion or promotion for the promotions now. And I'm kind of sick of it, but Hey, we're going to have to deal with that here on the drive-in pod, but going off of that for the title, this, I, I look at this as two ways, right? One, it's either, okay. Multiverse. Like, can he, like Dr. Strange is going to be in this movie is can Spider-Man try to find, is this going to be about Spider-Man trying to find his way back home from the multiverse or the second part uh, to view this, the second viewing point is okay. Spider-Man home, like at the end of far from home, we see him get into trouble and he won't, he's probably not going to be able to, to get back to his friendly neighborhood, right? He's probably not gonna get back on the run. He's going to be on the run. So this movie might be like him trying to get back home and Mike and uh, Murdoch daredevil is rumored to be in this movie. Charlie Cox, uh, and he's a lawyer, and there's a huge, like it's huge, like hugely rumored that he's going to be Spider-Man's attorney in this, trying to get back home. Mm-hmm. Will it be about that, not the multiverse aspect? I'm not sure, but I'm very excited for it, Doctor O. So I'm thinking, uh, No Way Home. There, it can mean multiple things, and I think it is partly of what you're saying, where it's he literally can't go home to his friendly neighborhood, but it's also the fact that he might be caught in a couple different dimensions here, right? We're talking Mm -hmm. multiverse. Maybe that's where he's running into all these rumored villains that are making their returns, such as Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, all of these. I think that would be an interesting way to look at it. Um, And funny enough, you brought up Charlie Cox, you brought up uh, how he might factor into this movie and he's been rumored to be on set. Well, they just had a casting for courtroom scene for Spider-Man 3. So this is all connecting. I think No Way Home is kind of the perfect title i i get it i think after two movies you have home in it both times 
the third one has to have it or else it's like the anomaly, you know, there's like no choice. And I think no way home was actually perfect. And it was better, even though as much as I wanted to be Spider-Man home slice, I think that (laughs) Spider-Man no way home was kind of the way to go. And that whiteboard was funny. Like it had like, of course, like the hexes from WandaVision had like the Venom, uh, like web, like the web from Venom, but also had like the jokes about the pandemic, which are I didn't see that. Wow. Really the Venom, the Venom web or the jokes from the pandemic? No, I didn't see that. I missed it. Oh wow, no, yeah, it was like no, underneath I didn't the title. See the uh, web. Got yeah, gotcha. But oh. um, it also had jokes from Home Alone and saying like copyright issues and like working from home and stuff like that. So poking fun at the current times and also like just classic things that are related to the title Home. So I like that as well. But interesting, interesting short uh, snippet from this movie. I think um, now that we have a title, this movie's coming out December twenty twenty one. Only months away now. All right, less than a year. We expect a trailer soon. I think that's the way we should look at it. So we get a title. Next up, here comes a trailer, hopefully within a month or so. So I think that's the way to go. Preferably, I guess it's going to be right before Black Widow for just thinking about it logically. But um, I can't wait for it. And, I, and I, we have also Tom Holland dismissing the idea or rumor that you're going to have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire that are going to be in the film. Yeah, get out of here. Tom Holland, who's known, <laughs> unable to keep a secret. And yeah. uh, so I, I am... 100% pumped and I 100% expect a uh, live action Spider-Verse. Oh yeah. So next piece of the checkup, we got some casting news along with some directorial news. We have Michael Fassbender and David Fincher. They're combining right. Dynamic duo for the upcoming film, the killer Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Kevin Fincher seven goaded has reunited with the filmmaker early synopsis for the film fast banner with star is going to star as an assassin who begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscious even while his clients continue to demand his skills so flicks what do you make of this duo collaborating for a film man i can't wait for this david fincher is one of my favorite uh directors of all time i love david fincher and he has a four-year deal starting off with mank uh with netflix so he's gonna get his big budgets that he wanted that he always wants. And also Mindhunter, unfortunately looks like it's not going to happen again. Uh, successful series, house of cards, right. successful series on Netflix as well. Both of those are concluded and his sole focus now is going to be back in cinema and reuniting uh, with Kevin Walker, who also not only seven, he was also uncredited for fight club. He also helped out with that movie as well. So huge thriller writer who has great success with this director and also Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. I mentioned him in one of the top films about Steve Jobs. He did mm-hmm. a great portrayal of Steve Jobs. He's a great actor when he wants to be. A lot of talent, but he also is a. He's also very good at action adventure roles. Not necessarily the greatest movies. You think of X Men: Dark Phoenix or Assassin's, uh, Creed. Assassin's Creed. What do you think of when you think of this movie about an assassin? But. I can't wait for this movie. I think that David Fincher... Different context. Yeah. But with Fassbender, he can utilize his talent with an acclaimed director and writer. I feel like he, they will bring the best out of him. And this is going to be a sick movie with a huge budget. It's going to be a lot of sick action sequences as well. I can't wait. Naz, what do you think? I like the premise of it. You know, actors and, and directors aside, I think it's very interesting. I don't think we've ever seen this angle before. Um, at least directly, right? I don't think that's usually the the big plot in a movie. It's I think I've seen this as like a side plot, but um, there's clearly going to be a lot of internal struggle going on um, mm-hmm. in this movie. So 
uh, no, I'm excited about it, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what else we hear out of that camp. Um, I now you're saying it. I think where you usually see this type of story is with a mobster movie, right? Someone that's trying to get out of the game. Mm-hmm. Right, but exactly. you can't figure out a way out. You can never get out, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be like Fastbender, kind of like going as an assassin now. So that's going to be fascinating to see. Fastbender also has kind of had a week last five years. Other than Steve Jobs, he really hasn't been in anything special. That was six years ago now. He, he really, that's insane. Oh yeah, you're right. 2015. Uh, yeah, year that he he lost to Leo, right, for the Revenant. So. Obviously, he's not, it's hard to win that one when Leo is due for an Oscar. But I'm looking forward to it, like a, a little Fastbender comeback because everyone recognizes him as a all time, like a a very very uh, notable actor. Like, oh, like literally, he's a star, and then he's a he's like critically one of the best. But recently, he has not shown it. So I'm excited he's going to team up with Fincher. It seems like a like a match made in heaven, to be yes. honest. Perfection almost, as the meme. Like we, last week, we talked about Michael Sarah with Wes Anderson, how that's perfect. I think a fast bender, uh, noir-driven film, kind of, I guess, a uh, darker film, I should say, mm-hmm. with David Fincher is a match made in heaven. So I'm excited for it, for sure. Jump on the fast bender train with me, Dr. O. Jump on it. Come on. Jump on the Let's fast go. train. The fast yes, train. The fast train. Let's go. Keeping on here. Okay. So, F- Fastbender, we, we're declaring back. back. He's also going to be in the next Taika Waititi film. I was talking with Ricky Flex last night with um, Army Hammer. The next uh, goal wins. Proclaimed uh, cannibalism. Cannibal. Oh, wow. uh, cannibal. <laughs> cannibal. <laughs> they're going yeah. to be working together on the next. Uh, it's like a World Cup film. I don't know if it's going to be like a parody type film or I think it's going to be some aspects of comedy. But yeah. it's uh, a team that lost 31 nothing in the World Cup. I forgot the which country, but Ricky. Australia. Fletcher. Australia. Uh, it was qualifying for the World Cup and they lost 31 to nothing. <laughs> and Army Hammer and Fastbender are like the two, like, oh. uh, the two, got, the two lead actors in this film. Going to be sick. A lot of comedic aspects in this film. It's hilarious. Well. Typical Taika Watiti. That's awesome. And Fastbender's not usually a comedic guy, so it's also even more interesting. And yes. More reason to watch it. Um, moving on with the checkup. We got more superhero news. Maybe we should have done this back-to-back with Spider-Man, but guess what? We get a new Superman movie in the works, right? It's uh, coming from J.J. Abrams and his Bad Robot production. Uh, it isn't confirmed who will star as the Man of Steel. The movie will be penned by Ta Nahisi, who is an author, is uh, most notable for writing books rather than movies. Flix, let's throw it to you. Who do you think should don the red cape in the upcoming film? Oof. Henry Cavill or someone else? Yeah. I, if you keep Cavill, that kind of keeps going with the Marvel-like openness to a multiverse, right? Because you have the Flash movie coming out soon, and that has Batfleck and Michael Keaton, two previous Batmans, and Batman and uh, Ben Affleck will not be Bat, have his own Batman movie, as we have learned. So if you keep Cavill... You keep making it confusing, and I do think he deserves another chance at another super uh, Superman movie himself. But I just don't think it'll happen. I don't think DC's going to keep going forward with him. So, who's going to don the red cape as you the red cape as you said? For me, Clark Kent, Superman. You got to look the part physically. Number one, mm-hmm. all right. You got to be tall, huge, right. <laughs> Two, you got to have Clark Kent demeanor. You got to have like be authentic grounded and then finally i really don't think a lot of people there's my number one of my top three to four people is michael b jordan that i would like to see play superman i know a lot of people there's controversy over that but <laughs> look at that right now <laughs> i know 
Both of you, I got to wear glasses now. Sorry, for those who are listening, that's just put on some Clark Kent glasses on point. Keep going, Netflix, sorry. But yeah, so I care really about just like the physique, fit for the role, attitude and demeanor, and then also deserving of the opportunity. I think Michael B. Jordan would be a great, great pick. We saw him as Killmonger. He was fantastic in that. I quoted him earlier in this podcast. I feel like he's due to break out as another superhero chance. I know he failed at Fantastic Four. Terrible movie. I think he deserves another chance. And he has the demeanor of a Clark Kent. Like, look at Just Mercy. I feel it could be great. Another one I would like, Chris Evans. He's known as Captain America, but it'll be tough to get over that. But Too synonymous with the role. I know. Too synonymous with Captain America. You can cross over to DC. That would be great. I know that will never happen, but just saying. It would be fitting. Right. Another one, Henry Golding. I feel like he's he's an actor on the rise, but not necessarily a mega star. So he still has that demeanor and like uh, that grounded level of attitude that you like to see from Clark Kent. And he has the physical physique as well. Mm-hmm. And then finally, one that I thought of this morning. Someone that's not stealing the one I thought of. I, uh, keep going though. So what I know this person, like he's a mega star, but he hasn't really been in a lot recently the past few years. He had a little uh, Oscar nominated run and some big time films. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling would be unbelievable as Superman, I think. He's an unbelievable actor, one of the best in the biz. You think La La Land, the chemistry between him and Emma Stone, you think, all right, that could be like a Clark Kent and a Lois Lane. Like, I feel like he'd be great. Very soft-spoken Clark Kent, maybe. And then also, he, does, he can get that physical presence. He has the height, and he is, you know, he's ripped, but he can get huge if he wanted to. I feel like he'd be an under-radar pick. And someone that I know is going to be in the Russo movie with Chris Evans, who I just mentioned, but this would really just put him on the map with a superhero movie that he's never done. And Marvel's really packed right now. It doesn't look like he, he'll get there anytime. And Michael B. Jordan, he's already been a part of that movie, uh, Marvel universe. So I don't think he's going to get there anytime. So those are my top two really for who I want to see for Superman. Nice. What do you think, Naz? Well, you know, now that I changed back into my alter ego, I would like to personally throw my own hat in the ring here. <laughs> You definitely looked the part. <laughs> yeah, right? Did, did, did I pass the test? I threw on my glasses. I mean, you guys can't see me at home, but I threw on yeah, my glasses. I, I, I threw on my button-down shirt. I don't even recognize yeah. you now. Clark Kent. It's so easy. That's no, like really. It doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Just puts on glasses. Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't really make sense, uh, you know, how, how Superman just puts on glasses and a, and a nice shirt, and he's not. He doesn't. people just don't recognize him anymore. <laughs> True. That's besides the point. I would like to throw in, um, nominate somebody here to be the next Superman. Um, we're all big fans here and I'm going to go, I think Oscar Isaac would be a really good Superman. I don't know if anybody mentioned that cause I was changing into my, uh, I was changing into my alter ego. I think Oscar <laughs> Isaac would be a great Superman. Um, you know, he's five, nine, he's a little short, but yes. you know, if you can make Hagrid look massive in the Harry Potter, short movie, King. you could, you could make Superman, you could make Oscar Isaac look taller. And I think he has, uh good charisma on screen um and the way that he carries himself i think he i don't think he's done a superhero quite yet well he's doing moon knight he's moon knight oh he's doing moon knight right so it'd be so tough. okay i guess you can't do that <laughs> i guess that, that messes pick, everything though. up not, yeah it's not Drunk bad I think physical uh, i got you know, one yeah I, I i got a fire one and i think it's like i thought of it as ricky flicks was talking and it kind of goes with the idea dc has been looking to diversify their casts um, as we saw with the recent Supergirl casting, um, and I think someone that is literally the presence of Superman, massive dude, 
And he also has the acting chops. He's on the rise. That's Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Oh, well, he's already I, in the DC Universe. Uh, I know. He's Black Manta. Get rid of it. He should play <laughs> Superman. That like, would be he, great. He played Dr. Manhattan, man. That's a I know. Guy. He played yeah. Dr. Manhattan. So he literally lines up perfectly for this role. Uh, and even Dr. Manhattan has so many parallels you can make to Superman. And then I see him. Like, he's look. I think he is born to play a superhero. I know he's a supervillain. I think he should be playing someone that's going to have a continuation in the DC universe. I think he'd be perfect, uh, honestly. And then Michael B. Jordan, I thought was a great pick. I also had Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. I mm-hmm. think he'd be awesome. Morally just character, right? Going back to Rob Stark. I'm currently rewatching Game of Thrones and uh, sure. he's re-solidifying himself as like literally my favorite character in the history of Game of Thrones. He is great. The King of the North! The King of the North! <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then I don't, I'm interested in the fact that, um, Tyler Hawklin, who is currently playing Superman in the show, Superman and Lois, yeah. they're trying to kind of make that more mainstream. It's on the HBO max is trying to get a part of that. It's, it's on the CW, but I saw it on TNT as well. I'm wondering if they're hoping he's going to be the next Superman. They can implement him through the uh, multiverse in the flash movie. I, I don't mind the guy. I haven't really seen much of him as Superman. But uh, I think they got to go an alternate route and just reboot it all together, get someone new. I just want to see like a star, like someone that like I know from other things sure. other than like a CW show, right? I like I think of a CW show, mm-hmm. I think Arrow, I think The Flash. Two good shows, but very soap opery. I don't want to see that in a Superman Superman movie. Like, two like diverted to teens, like it's like a yes. teen audience, you know? Yes, like, you have that in a DC movie, right? I just don't want that to be honest. So, it, and a lot of people are clamoring for Henry Cavill to return. I feel bad yeah. for Henry Cavill. I do as well. I feel bad because like, I think he was a good Superman caught in a, a couple of bad, poorly written movies and poorly produced movies. He had the look. And if he was just better parts around him, he could have done something special. Um, a lot of people are just, I mean, on the internet, they're so true and so uh, believing in Zack Snyder that they're just like, okay, let's, let's keep Cavill going. But the more you have Cavill around, there's more of that, okay, remember Zack Snyder and all he did in terms of uh, like ruining DC characters. You're going to keep him around. Then you have like Wonder Woman, like Gal Gadot, and after her poor uh, showing in Wonder Woman 1984, you can't really keep Cavill around in my opinion. So I think it's the right move to reboot. It's not confirmed. I think it's leaning towards that way. It's going to be huge. Whenever it pops, like whether he's coming back or not, it's going to break the internet, almost like the Snyder Cut trailer. Like it's, it's going iconic to break the role. It's mm-hmm. like who plays Batman, right? So Pattinson that obviously blew up, and who's going to play Superman? Um, yeah. Maybe that they're going to kind of line that up. You know, that could be a possibility too. Wow! And if they have to combine in a film, but we got some trailers here too. We have an Army of the Dead trailer from guess who? Zack Snyder. Uh, it's going to be dropping on Netflix May of 2021. The synopsis is the Army of the Dead follows a group of mercenaries who plot a heist on a Las Vegas casino during a zombie outbreak. Uh, Nez, are you still into zombies? To answer your question, yes, I'm still very into <laughs> zombies. I love zombie movies. I love zombie <laughs> video games. Everything zombies, I'm big into. On the contrary, this movie looks really crappy i'm not excited about it i don't think it's gonna be good <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be good at all it looks really corny um and the 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 part about zombies and zombie movies that i really like is number one the horror element of it right it's the scary part but also the survival instinct of it right like why do we like why did we like walking dead so bad it's because it's like we could put ourselves there and we'd be like what would you do how would you survive true this just feels like like 
a movie that should be directed by Michael Bay, where there's just going to be a lot of explosions and a lot of crazy action scenes, but there's not really a whole lot of common sense or logic that's going to be had in this movie. This That's just first impression. You know, they could surprise me, but from what I saw in this trailer, it just does not appeal to me as something that's going to be a classic zombie movie where, you know, you there's a, like a, a real plot line here. These people are trying to do a, a heist in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Yes, exactly. What are you trying to steal? What, what are you, you trying get to get anything steal? you money? want. I think that they yeah. can't. Why do you oh, need money? The only, <laughs> the only thing I'm questioning is how are they going to spend the money once they get it? Where are you going to spend the money? The zombie apocalypse. The zombies are blocking, obviously, their way to get to that uh, money and those assets. Mm-hmm. But then when you get that money, what happens? That's what I'm really questioning. Yeah, like, why can't you just None steal of this makes sense. Yeah, why can't you just steal everything? Like, you know, why do you need money? I don't get it. Yeah, just literally forage. I think we just like, we, we need a little more context in my Is opinion. there currency? Just, are you kidding? There wasn't a lot of talking. There wasn't a lot of talking in here. Yeah. But I think... Um, this is also a throwback and a callback, I guess, to Zack Snyder's like breakout film, Dawn of the Dead. Yes. And it was like big time zombie guy back then. I think zombies are in the past, like Walking Dead, they beat it to, to literal death. Like they it's beat still it going, death. like with other I, spinoffs. I, is it? I, yes. I, I, yeah, I know. We're going to have a Rick Grimes film, I think, coming on AMC. But the only thing I'm really excited for here is to have Dave Bautista in the lead of a movie. Every time we see him, he is a supporting character. Mm-hmm. He has an ensemble Super. cast that really... Or, yeah, I know, but that doesn't, I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> a legitimate, like, box office contender or, like, a, just a, a, a yeah, highly yeah. streamed movie. I get so it. So I think having him as a lead, he always talks about how great of an actor he is, how he's better than The Rock, and, like, he has, he's more of a formidable force in the industry in terms of actual skills and acting. This is a good chance for him to, like, okay, I can, I can take the lead of a movie and I can, I can shoulder it because the rest of the cast, I don't know. I have no idea who they are. And that's kind of interesting. Zack Snyder is like known for his casting decisions. Have Dave, Dave Bautista in the lead. I'm hoping he does a great job here. It's just, uh, it's just that it just sucks because with that point, like this just reminds me of project power bright and other Netflix originals really? that just like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't remind me of like a rock movie or it does remind me of a rock movie, but like it reminds me of other Netflix originals that aren't successful, but they are successful in getting people to watch them because of the great action sequences from the big budgets. So going from that, I wish I could see these sick action scenes in a theater. You know, when you think of a zombie scene, like when the uh, zombie movies, like in this trailer, you saw the scene with like at the sky view, like probably from a drone with all the zombies around Las Vegas and like the mass uh, amount of them. Like that would be sick to yeah. see in like an IMAX theater or like just a regular movie theater. That would have been sick. Right. So you would never have gotten to that point anyways with this movie because it was streaming no matter what, but it would have been sick if like a movie like this was in theaters. In terms 100%. of the- that's why, that's why I said Michael Bay, like this, like looks like it has Michael Bay written all over it. It looks like something that Michael Bay would, would produce and put together. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like mm-hmm. a popcorn movie with a lot of special effects and something you watch in the theaters and you know, I think it might be entertaining. I'm just not really looking forward to it. I'd rather see uh, one of the more classic type of zombie movies. But, you know, as Dr. Rose said, we beat that genre to death. So, Right. And in terms of playing into that Las Vegas setting, like seeing like the fake Elvises as zombies, things like that, you might get a couple of Easter eggs in that perspective. Um, or I think just that corny. Would... You think it's going to be corny? Is that what you're saying? I think it's just what there because it's Vegas. 
yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's playing to the setting, you know? Yeah, okay. so, um, so, yeah, so it's, I think you could see some stuff and be like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool or whatever. It's just something to play and make it entertaining popcorn flick. So I'm not anticipating an Oscar contender or anything of that sort, especially with the May 2021 release date. But uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder trying to get off the schnai after uh, his last, uh, last movie is Justice League that he got the credit for in 2017. So yeah. uh, we'll see. All right, last trailer. Predictor, kind of predictor. Oh, we had a Tomater predictor. You're right. Uh, I'm. I'll start off by saying this is going to be a 46. percent Oh my god, Doctor Less than 50. We we've beaten. <laughs> we've I have beaten 44, death, as I said before. And I, I, and Zack Snyder. Honestly, I can't count on him to make a certified fresh film. If I'm looking at his filmography, so 46. percent I have 44. That's why I reacted like that. So close to yours. I'm going to go with the even 50 here. I wanted to put mine in the forties, but both of you did, so I'm just moving it. Device and hutch. Right? Yeah. Polarizing film. Like it or hate it. <laughs> we also had another trailer here. We had another trailer. We had a Pixar trailer. We have Luca. Um it, the synopsis for this movie, it's set in a beautiful seaside town on the, Itali- in the, on the Italian Riviera. The, origi- uh, the original animated feature is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the water's surface. Nez, what do you think about this trailer that came out from Pixar? I thought this trailer was adorable. I think this is great. Um, I also think Pixar just came out with Soul. It seemed a little bit more geared towards the the adult fans. This one seems to be a lot more of a kids movie. Um, so I think that I think that's really cool. I think it's really awesome that they're going to be you know they're basing it off of two you know to uh, a little Italian kid. I heard him say Andiamo, and 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 you know I, I think it's just really cool how they touch all different cultures across the entire the whole uh, across the world. So um, my initial observations is, is I think it looks like fun. I think it's going to be cool to explore, uh, you know, real Italian culture over in, in Italy. Uh, and then number two, uh, I think this is going to be more geared towards uh, children when their last movie Pixar put out seemed to be uh, geared a little bit more towards uh, adults. I remember when we, we said that when we were reviewing it. So uh, those are my two initial observations. But, um, you know, anything Pixar touches turns to gold. So it's going to be it's going to be great either way yeah no i think the culture aspect i think that's a good point like it's interesting that they're going uh doing that as well um for me i think that like this is visually like amazing as in with the, the ocean and just like the sky views but like as the human elements compared to soul i feel like it's kind of a step back with that but this i think it's because of what ness said as well is because it's more geared towards kids and like the, it's more of the animation focus just getting this movie to be enjoyable right so i think that's why it reminded me a lot of coco which is why i think they included from the creators of coco instead of like the instead of other great pixar they could films. pick any movie they've made but they for said Cars coco Cars three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or the great dinosaur but yeah i don't know if i'm gonna love it good, good point <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna love this movie but kids will love it and they i also will say they better get creative on the standpoint which they they will because this is like better not be the same mermaid story type that we've seen from like every mermaid movie. That's all I'll say. I think it's going to be stellar. Yeah, like I, that's, that's like easy to say just because it's Pixar, but I think it's going like the Coco route. It seems like Pixar looks at a, like a globe and they just spin it and then they put pinpoint someplace they want to make a movie and they do it. So that's why it's like the, 
the way they explore different cultures like that. We're going on the coasts of Italy. It looks beautiful. It's like those pictures you go see on Google Images of the Amalfi Coast, and you see like all these yeah. houses on the ledge there. Um, the animation looks stellar. The setting, obviously, as I just said, amazing. The Italian music is gonna it's gonna be. Oh, like, it's going to be, be on point. Thing. It's going to be like Coco with the music. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be a banger. Um, and then when I saw the uh, the boys turn into uh, mermaids, I just thought of Zoolander immediately. And I was like, Merman! <laughs> Merman! <laughs> you know, I just thought of that immediately. But I think this is going to be awesome. It looks great. It's only a minute teaser, but uh, we're on to good things here. Mm-hmm. Predictors? Oh, yeah, thermometer predictors. Now start us off. 87. I'm an 83. 93. Wow. 93%. Wow. I think it's going to be a, a banger. That's just uh, my thoughts. So we also have one more point on the checkup, I believe. It's lengthy. We have Paramount Plus, which is being rebooted, which is formerly known as CBS All Access. It has new projects coming from this rebooted streaming platform. Couple, I'll just run through a couple of the projects, and then we'll get some thoughts afterwards. We've got a Beavis and Butthead movie on the way. We're starting off hot. Then we got... Rugrats reboot, which is all CG and a trailer that dropped for it. Uh, Taylor Sheridan has a universe coming. It's got two Yellowstone spinoffs, which is a hit show for Paramount. A lot of people love it. Haven't checked it out yet. Jeremy Renner is going to star in what is uh, (laughs) that man. He's going to star the the mayor of uh, Kingstown, which will be a show. Uh, the show is going to follow the McCluskey family, power brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, where incarceration is the biggest industry. The family will attempt to bring order and justice to a town absent of both. Sheridan also has another project with the company, and it's going to be yes. uh, the drama. I believe it's going to be a movie, but I'm not. I can't uh, confirm or deny that. I think it might. It might be a show. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny. I cannot confirm or deny, but it's Landman. And Landman is a modern day tale about fortune seeking the world of oil rigs and is set in the uh, the boom towns of West Texas, an upstairs slash downstairs story. Landman is a is executive produced by Sheridan. So he's not directly writing it or directing it. He's touching it. Uh, we also have Frasier, a uh, famous show returning with Kelsey Grammer. It's not going to be rebooted. It's just going to be a continuation. Aimed at um, our grandparents. Seen it. I know I'm not. Yes, I, I think our, my, I think that's the only reason I know what the show is. Get, but get now, the elderly audience in. Any thoughts on the slew of projects I just listed? Oh, I, I'll say... Um, okay, okay, you go. Hey, Nez, Nez, do you, Nez. There's a lot of stuff that's going... I think that they're already going to put on there. I think they have a good library of stuff. I'm so sick of this. I'm just... This is ridiculous. There's an AMC Plus, too, and I want to get that now, too. But, like, I can't get AMC Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus. Like, there's so much stuff now. They're making it so hard that it's more expensive to watch everything that you want to watch these days because there's so many streaming services. It's so oversaturated. I, mean, I, can't, I can't keep up. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. This is a new streaming service every every two days. Quibi, Quibi's done. Oh, Quibi's no. dead. Quibi's the dead. The one that fell. But but just like one that enough, work. enough's enough. Stop it. Stop. I'm sick of this. I, I, and none I of these things are exciting me either. Yeah, I don't love <laughs> not, any not, of these. Nothing projects, you just really. said excites me at all. Right. Like, I, I know. Just that, through I know that that Paramount hat they do have. Uh, you know, a catalog of stuff that they're gonna that's going to yeah. be on this platform that's gonna be ma- that's going to make it appealing. So now it's like, okay, am I gonna go and am, am I gonna am I have to buy this just so I could watch the stuff from the past or just so I could stream the NFL or something in the future? 
Like, what are they going to do? They are with doing this? live sports. They yeah. are doing live oh, sports on. Yeah. I know. I don't like that. March Madness. Am I yeah, going to need Paramount true. Plus to watch March Madness? This is ridiculous. No. I can't do this. All right. I can't I, do this anymore. I'll say with the projects that were listed, I have no interest in any of them except Taylor Sheridan, a severe underrated person in Hollywood. And I think it's because he's been focusing on the great show Yellowstone. But I'm excited for that universe, but not much else. But. Like, sure, it's going to be really hard to gain market share coming in this late behind all these streaming services that just came out as well, like Peacock and Disney+. Plus. But they have a monstrous catalog from their huge movie studio and others as well and just show and networks, right? So Nickelodeon, too. Okay. Nickelodeon, the Paramount Network. Epix is going to be on here. Showtime, MGM, Sony. Like, they're going to have aspects of those two studios. Um Minimax, a huge indie uh, studio that has um, like Pulp Fiction was from there and like Shakespeare and Love. So they're going to have an insane catalog. CBS All Access already has 18 million subscribers just from like people watching the cable TV shows every like week, weekday night, right? For like the NCISs of New Orleans, like stuff like that. So they're already starting at 18. Of New Orleans. Of NCIS New Orleans. of New Orleans. Whatever it is, the colon <laughs> New Orleans, whatever. But I'd like they're going to be a player in here, and I think it's going to stick around because of that catalog and the future from these networks as well. It's going to be hilarious because uh, going on Nez's comment, I've ha- you have this like multitude of different streaming platforms now where it's like you're all paying for them eventually because like cable's kind of being pushed to the side. Eventually, everyone's going to streaming platforms, and guess what's going to come back? cable you know it's gonna be eventually everyone's just gonna go right back to it just because like the streams are just all gonna compete and no one's no one's gonna want to (laughs) buy each and every one like oh i'll just go back to cable it's just go back and forth but uh in terms of in terms of like uh the projects here uh you have taylor like taylor sheridan i think is gonna be cool like i like he is one of the best writers in hollywood we're talking about hell or high water wind river uh i'm missing a major one but He's all time. Like he's very, very good. One of the best modern writers. And these are all projects that are kind of like that, like lean into that neo-Western type of vibe. So that's why I'm excited to kind of see what he develops there. I love, I would love for, to see him do more movies. I haven't seen Yellowstone, but I can just assume that it's spectacular. Um, Rugrats, they kind of, they said they're going to change up the theme song a little bit. Like I'm thinking about it now. Yes, I'm not a kid anymore, but am I going to check out the Rugrats if it comes out? Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I mean, it's Rugrats. Like I, I grew up with that stuff, you know? And just like how like Looney Tunes came out with HBO Max, like I had to check that out too. So you're going to have that like older audience that still is tuning in. Um, but Beavis and Butthead didn't really watch it. But in terms of all of those, there is some stuff to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some some uh all right that does it for the checkup lengthy we had a lot of stuff today uh i'm gonna throw it back to nez for our highly anticipated review of tom and jerry thank you dr o always a pleasure you checking us up our review this week is for the latest hbo max movie to drop tom and jerry um if you guys don't know who tom and jerry is get out grow up <laughs> grow up um but no it's a new tom and jerry movie i mean uh that what when did tom and the tommy jerry cartoons first start coming out like the 1930s how do, i don't I know, know I, that, I grew up on them i don't know if it's that early i'm gonna look it up right now maybe 1940s then that sounds about right we'll go um, so, i don't know it was it was way back in the day but they are still making tom and jerry content i mean i think there's been a lull 40s. for about 20 30 years 40s right mm-hmm. so i think there's been a lull for about you know 
20, 30 years since they've made another Tom, like more Tom and Jerry content. But um, yeah, they came out with this movie. It was uh, one of those live action with the uh, animation, almost like Space Jam kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's currently trending at, oh, they don't even have a, wait, where's the tomatometer? It has 25%. 25, I think. It's currently trending at 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Banger. Um, I guess let's just <laughs> open up the discussion here. What, what did you like? What did you not like? You know, What was your experience watching this latest Tom and Jerry movie? Yeah, just not funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just wasn't funny. Um, they tried to fo- focus on the non-Tom and Jerry elements too much, like with this famous wedding about like these Instagram stars or something. Like they didn't even say like what they did. Like I don't know. It and was it was Colin clear. Jost, and it was just like awkward with his drones and elephant fetishes and stuff. I don't know. And, <laughs> Nothing made sense. And, Nothing was uh, explained. It like just the, was. The, the, I knew this movie was going to be terrible because the first twenty seconds didn't even have Tom and Jerry in it. It was these pigeons singing the song and doing three so pigeons. Whoa, you knew it was going to be garbage. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's the best part of the movie. You yeah, me? Tribe but, Called Quest. Is that is that why you like so much? Yeah. yeah. Can I kick but, it? Are you trying yeah, no, Quest to open great, the movie in New York? No, no, that's the that was voice like, by like, director oh. Tim Story. Yeah, I was that, like, yeah, I was like, oh my god, this wow, this is good. Is, this is going to be good? But it had 3D like effects that seconds. weren't in a theater, a 3D theater. It was like awkward. I was like, oh, yeah. they, they messed well, up. They messed. This isn't. This isn't going to be good. Tough. I knew that immediately. Yeah, it just wasn't funny. Not just oof, the non Tom and Jerry elements were the fact horrid. that it had. I was gonna say the fact that I had a tribe called Quest and like it's trying to relate to kids nowadays, they have no idea what he, what like that like they can't make that connection. Like I I just thought that was kind of weird because that was more for adults True. that would see the movie. But that I was thought when I was watching this. This is that, this is that grew up on it. Yeah, but when, when, yeah, but I was thinking that like this movie was for kids when I watched it. Like this was definitely mm. like it was brainless, to, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. and then like I literally I, like. I feel bad for like Michael Pena in this movie and Chloe oh. Grace Moretz. Like they, they're obviously. I don't really feel bad because it was clear they're all in it for the paycheck, I guess. But in terms of their careers, watching Michael Pena in this movie was pretty painful. Yeah, like, I was, I was, I was like, the tickety talk. If you're gonna watch this movie, you're doing it for nostalgia for people our age hey, or even painful. older. You're watching it for nostalgia, but you're also watching it like maybe you'll get a couple of laughs, dude. There was barely a laugh in this movie. Mm-hmm. Barely yeah. a laugh in this not movie. even from Tom and Jerry. Bad. Yeah, and then also, like, biggest problem with this movie, in my opinion, there was no focus to it. Like, it's titled Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry literally got maybe, like, the third most screen time out of all characters <laughs> in this movie. It focuses on Chloe Grace and Moretz, Chloe Grace Moretz for, like, the first part of the movie. Then it goes, all of a sudden, it ends, and it's, like, all about the couple. And then it really should be about Tom and Jerry. They're the title of the movie. And, like, that's the reason you're making the movie. Make it about them. So I just thought that was no. the greatest struggle, for sure. Mm-hmm. you're 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 so right it it it's honestly comical because of the <laughs> the way that it the, like it changes it's like it's about you know chloe grace grace moretz it's about the wedding and then it's about why do we care what people think about us all along it's like so you know stupid. when they're having that realization in like the little market and it's just like wait what like that is that the theme of this movie how are you just <laughs> introducing this to me with so five random. minutes left in the movie that because you haven't even that hasn't even been a thing it doesn't make sense exactly yeah. oh my gosh the yeah. class, this movie is all over the place there 
there is not one character that I like in this movie. <laughs> Except for not Gary. one. Yeah, you Maybe, have to. No, no, not even. <laughs> Come on. Tom. Deadpool 2 thing. Peter. Here's what this. No, here, here. Oh, okay. Like yeah. That guy's always um, funny. Here, here's care. what I realized in this movie, or at least this is how the movie went. So when I was younger, I always used to side with Jerry. I always used to side with the mouse, right? But then you watch this movie. You got Tom here. He's making his money on his own, hard-earned money. He's playing piano in the park. He is earning his money. And what is Jerry doing? Trying to come in and steal his thunder and steal his money, freeload off of Tom while he's trying to make some money. And he takes – Tom loses everything, including his source of income, his piano. And Jerry doesn't care. Jerry's, Jerry's kind of a jerk. I agree. And Jerry's stealing. kind of a jerk. And he I... just – he just ruins Tom's entire life. He was making an honest living playing piano in the park. No. And Jerry comes in and ruins everything. The one what laugh the I had, no, the one laugh I had was that scene, and they're playing. He was playing like the thing in the park, and then when he fi- they find out he's not blind, a guy goes, "He's not. He's not a blind. He's only a cat playing the piano. I want my money back." <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's still sick. A cat playing the piano. Like, are you kidding me? Right. This is a perfect example of a movie where you're laughing at it, not with it, right? And that just shows you how bad the movie is in general because we're talking about Tom and Jerry. You are supposed to laugh naturally at this movie, and yeah. it just wasn't there. Um, and I, I, what I disliked about this movie too, they're trying to lean into obviously a younger generation, you know, just how Looney Tunes for HBO Max are trying to lean into that younger generation. Um, but I think that, uh, dude, it didn't lean into the gifts, the gifts that we see on uh, Twitter, like literally all the time on Tom and Jerry, you don't, I know mean, you can't really show this, but uh, what's it called? Uh, Tom lighting up the cigarette and like blowing it. Oh says, yeah. Like, hey, like the, to the girl, like that, whoever he's talking mm-hmm. to, he's wearing the cowboy hat and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it also didn't do like, like the hearts on his eyes that are popping out that we see on Twitter, yeah. like on a regular basis, you got to lean into it. You got to go all in for the new generation. So that's basically if you're going to do that, if you're going to like have this movie, something from a cartoon back in 1940, make it relatable. Make it so kids actually like it. So mm-hmm. a lot of problems with this one. I also say something good about mm-hmm. this movie. I also liked when Tom was like get, – he got to New York and coming out of the subway. There was a subway ad of put on a happy face, and it was like a cat like wearing a Joker uh, makeup from like uh, Joaquin's Joker. I thought that was pretty funny too. Oh, I, I didn't that, see that. that. I did I not see that. that. Yeah, I like that as well. I made sure I wrote that down so I didn't forget in case that was my last laugh of the movie. And, I, and we also talk about like how it's relating to kids. I'm, I'm going back to it again. But then we had Tom and Jerry like slamming drinks in multiple parts of the movie, which I thought was weird. <laughs> Do you remember that? They were like slamming champagne and they were drinking at the end of the movie. I'm like, dude, like the, this is not for adults and we're watching Tom and Jerry just like, <laughs> like what are we doing right now? But, I don't uh, know. What's it? And then I was looking at a couple, uh, I think I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and it says like, you have this acclaimed director and I was looking at the director, it's Tim Story. And when have you ever heard Tim Story was an acclaimed director? Cause this guy really doesn't make any good movies at all. Oh no. Like ever. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think he, so he did ride along and ride along too. I think, uh, he did, uh, I believe he was fantastic four as well. Yes. With, uh, Ricky flex. Is that yes. True? He did that. Things so like Tim a man Story. barbershop. I guess that's why barbershop barbershop. I, think, I get, yeah. Solid film, but like his whole Shaft, filmography the new is one. just, it's 
pretty bad. It's like, yeah. terrible. So it's like when you look, if it's like you think of like, oh, Tim Story, does he actually know how to make a good movie? And he does all these commercial type movies, and they're not even like action blockbuster types, except for Fantastic Four, what it should have been. But we all know that wasn't a very good movie. He's just very, um, I guess overrated. Why does he keep getting jobs? Because he can't make a good movie. Well, he also did like, like I said, Barbershop, like Moneymaker, right along to like Moneymaker. Like he's doing all these money. Right money, along money. too. But like, it's not a good movie, but like it makes a lot of money, you know? Mm, right. That, but, so yeah, I guess uh, he, I guess you kind of have to just accept what you're getting with this movie. You know, it's not going to be great. You're not, it's not going to be a masterpiece. You're just uh, going on for the ride. But the fact is it wasn't funny. You know, it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Scores. Throw them out. Ned. what do you got? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give this a, uh, 25 25 out of 100 harsh the only thing that this movie had going for it was was its soundtrack i thoroughly enjoyed the soundtrack other than that there's not a single likable character in the movie the story makes absolutely no sense and it doesn't make me laugh 25 i'm going i'm that's i actually thought you were gonna go higher brutal (laughs) you just crushed like if tim story heard this he he would be like i am not a fan of the drive-in podcast he would denounce us i i'm (laughs) just not a single redeeming quality from this movie (laughs) i'm more laughing because like these are his guys like i just didn't think he was gonna go that low because of his childhood um i love tom and jerry yeah but i just you know i I, i'm even more you know i'm head of the fan club yeah they did jerry dirty yeah made him look like a jerk they made I mean, Jerry, the villain of the of the of the movie. But uh, I feel bad hating on this movie. Like, <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, I I, I just do because like it's supposed to be a fun movie. Like kids supposed to have fun with it. I just don't think adults or kids had fun watching this movie. I'm That's going wrong. less than that. I'm giving it a 16 out of 100. Oh my god! Wow. Holy cannoli! Uh, I'm, I'm a little more no generous. sympathy score for I'm, me. I'm going 27 percent because I think kids might like it, but this is not relatable to adults at all. And uh, I think that's kind of a goal with animated movies today. We look at Pixar and what they just did with Soul, and then you watch this atrocity. Like comparing to it, you're like, "Wow, this is just missing the mark in every single facet." So I'm going 27. The, the scenes with Tom and Jerry were actually I, I kind of enjoyed when they were going at it. There just weren't enough of them. You know what I mean? Yes, like I, I did agree. like them chasing each other around. I thought that the animation did look pretty good in that aspect. If I want to say one good thing about it, yeah, say something good about this movie. Yeah, that does it. Yeah, the soundtrack. That, that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I like the soundtrack. That's about it. That's what's move on so bad. Well, that concludes our. Tom and Jerry review. You can go ahead and go watch that on HBO Max if you so dare. <laughs> Time to throw it over for Ricky to Ricky Flicks for top billing. Thank you, Nez. All right. Highly anticipated top billing today. It's inspired by our review of Tom and Jerry, a Warner Brothers property. So for today, we have the top billing of non-Disney animated movies. It's going to be a snake draft style with five picks each. Once a movie is picked, it is off the board. No repeats allowed. And finally, non-Disney means also like all non-Disney properties. So, for example, Pixar movies are not available. Just making that clear for the audience. So, but before we get going, do we have any questions? You good? I do not. I'm excited no, no, for this so... because I was going to say we already did the uh, Pixar characters draft. So this is like something different, you know, in the same type of genre animated movies. Let's get it going. 
That's mm-hmm. no, I think I think we're good, right? We're good. Just nothing that's uh that's Disney related. Give us the order. All right. We have determined the draft order in advance. The first pick goes to myself, Ricky Flicks. The second pick goes to Dr. O. And the third pick goes to Nez. So I will start us off for the top billing of non-Disney animated movies. So the number one pick. I don't think there's a clear number one. I feel like I know what Dr. O and Nez would go as a number one. And I'm just going to stick to my guns here and pick my personal number one favorite non-Disney animated movie. And that is The Iron Giant. The Iron I Giant. Knew, I, yeah. mm, 1999 wow. film. I love this movie. I think this is just like if you think animated movie, this is it. The Iron Giant. It has all the sto- the plot storylines, ca- character storylines, just everything that a child loves, a adult loves, and just the per- like the for the time great uh, animated feature, uh, like uh, animated visuals, and also to say say uh, uh, something else about this related to Disney that this director was Brad Bird, who's now known as the, the Incredibles and uh, Ratatouille director. So this was his like baby that really Pixar, Ed Catmull, and others saw uh, over at Pixar, the co-founders, and said, we got to bring this guy on to do the next, uh, to do some movies for us instead. So my first pick is going to be The Iron Giant. Kudos to Ricky Flex for going with his heart instead of what he yes. expected people to say. Because there's no way I'm doing that with the second pick that has now slid to me. But The Iron Giant is a classic. And I think not enough kids know about that today. Uh, it has historical perspective to it that is incredibly important. Cold War setting. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogarth Hughes, right? One of the most, uh, I don't know, it's just one of the most recognizable characters as a kid. And uh, the Iron Giant, like, I think of him, like, hand up, pretending to be Superman, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the logo in the front. Um, and not great, great movie. And it hasn't been pick. deteriorated by sequels or anything. Like, True. It's, it's yeah, just a great reboot, movie that they yeah. leave alone and everybody standalone. always wants a standalone and everyone always wants a sequel because of the ending, but they just, they leave it as the only one. I think that's, what's great about it. Cause you'll see some movies in this in our, that we picked that have way too many sequels and it kind of kills the original in my eyes, but this one's just great True. all the time. You can't say anything bad about it. Ready, ready player one came out and you know what the most uh, anticipated thing I wanted to see was a live mm-hmm. action type of Iron Giant, and that mm-hmm. was awesome to see. Seeing him in the, like uh, a battle type of setting, it was pretty pretty freaking sweet. So I, I I can't hate on that pick at all. Yeah. All right, moving on. Doctor of, just say it already. Just say it. Into the Spider Verse. Let's there do it. it. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That's what we're doing. Uh, this was like a like. There's been a couple animated superhero movies that have. Uh, been decent uh i'm not going to name any just because of for spoilers sake and making sure we're protecting picks here but obviously nez's favorite uh prospect about movies for the most part is soundtrack the soundtrack absolutely bangs for this movie miles morales i was about to say that yeah (laughs) miles morales is a comic book hero that's of recent memory that people had been clamoring to see on the big screen i thought it made a splash in a massive way uh, Phil or Chris Miller kind of redeeming themselves after like the may the mayhem that was solo and after getting fired from that Ron Howard coming in the animation was insane in that movie it brought a different dimension to superhero movies and it gave respect to animated superhero movies so I'm gonna go with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as my number one pick honestly great pick the fact that they had like a custom soundtrack 
Like it wasn't even like they picked a bunch of songs that already existed. Like they had songs made for the movie and it was, just, they're so, they're all so good. Yeah. They're all so good. The animation style is very unique and very fun. And the story's great. Easily. This is easily a top three pick. Like no, no doubt yeah. about it. No danger. Doubt. Danger. What the danger. All time scene. Faith scene, man. Yeah. All time scene there. Iconic scene. Yeah, that's that, what you need. And I feel like mm-hmm. this first round, you're always you're gonna get one of those Iron Giant. Uh, Doctor O alluded to it earlier, and then uh, and then we just le- uh, alluded to the leap of faith scene. So great pick all around. And that and then, was also like 2019, like that was like Oscar nominated, like obviously, and like the Oscar winner. And no other film came close to that uh, animated film in that year. Like mm-hmm. everyone it knew, was, like, it, was a, it was inevitable. And yeah. it's usually a Pixar thing where it's like Pixar has a movie that yes. year they're going to win. But then you're also looking at it. Think about the success Spider-Verse had and how it was so well – it was so welcomed by the comic book community. Look what we're getting with Spider-Man 3. Like this – Spider-Man yeah. 3, the premise of the movie wouldn't have happened without Into the Spider-Verse. So that just shows you the uh, True. effect it's had. Also, Sunflower by Post Malone. Like that has yeah. just lasted forever because of this Oof. movie. Mm, great, great movie. A great song and great movie. And great pick. Over to you, Nez, for your – Back-to-back picks. So I think you guys had really good picks there. Um, my first round pick is going to uh, come about. Uh, it all really started when um, somebody once told me that the world is going to roll me. I, I ain't the sharpest the tool, tool in, the shed. in the shed. I'm going with Shrek, baby. I'm going with Shrek, the original. Get out of me swamp. All time right there. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy incredible incredible duo in that movie they're hilarious they're hilarious and uh it helped me swamp <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i know dr o has a little personal story with this uh with the you know we can skip over I, that's okay i'll say it i cried during this movie <laughs> when i found out i was like six when this came out i cried in theaters ricky flicks was probably next to me i don't know who was next to me i know i saw it with my brothers and my dad but i found out princess fiona was really an ogre i cried first time i cried in a movie <laughs> unbelievable that's unbelievable yeah that's that moment hilarious. she was so gorgeous and all time still gorgeous on the inside <laughs> The first time I cried in a movie was when I saw Hardball and G-Baby died. And the first oh. time you cried in a movie was when... She- I was like, she was so perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Naz, your that's, second pick That's here. great. All right, my second pick here, I have to go with um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Legendary. Oh! Legendary stop-motion animation. Beautifully, artistically done. The music is very good. Um, it's like kind of a cult classic, um, but it's, you'll, you'll find that a lot of these animated movies are, they're very, uh, the kind of culty in that there's a, um, you know, they have their own fan bases. Um, it's one of my favorites. It it covers my two favorite holidays. So, um, it's good enough for me. Nightmare Before Christmas. I actually saw it for the first time this year during the holidays. I'd never what? seen it before. I think I was what? a little bit scared of it, Jack Skellington. But it was a good movie. It was a good movie. I'm 25 yeah. years old. I was scared to see The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm i not a big fan of it because I, it's just my personal. Like I'm just personally not. But I think that it's well-deserved of a second-round mm-hmm. pick based off its lore. Like Everyone loves that movie, like mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's a good pick. Oh, yeah. 
But ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, unbelievable. Doctor O. Elfman. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going the first sequel. I'm going. I'm going Shrek two. Shrek wow. two, I think, is arguably on par with the first one. It adds a bunch of like a bunch of cast members that weren't a part of the first one. Obviously, that added a lot to the movie. Um, is John this Clays. allowed? Why not? Oh, yeah. We can't do sequels. Yeah, we can do, do sequels? sequels. Oh, for oh, sure you can. I think Shrek. Why, two, you would have gone then... Shrek and then Shrek two for your back to back. I mean, you can do. No, you can do I just two. wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked Shrek. The third is still on the table, so you're good. But I think that this movie <laughs> and fourth for Shrek Forever After and maybe Puss in Boots. Well, you know, it's, it's a long-standing franchise. But uh, I think this is up there. Like the the scene where, well, first of all, the on the car ride on the on the carriage ride all the way to the. Um, to happily ever after yeah, far, far away. donkey annoying as heck and then they then they like the first third of that movie is so dang funny and they go to like the they, they go to the dinner scene donkey sitting at the table and like, it, it's it's an all-time funny movie i like it almost on par with the first one i gotta say i have a preference for the first one a little bit more one of the first dvds i ever owned too shrek too so i i think this is a great i think pick. it might be ricky flex's dvd actually yes it is mine and i i actually have the soundtrack <laughs> on CD to this movie because it's so good. The Funky Town scene when Shrek's a human for the first time. When Funky Town, he strolls into the far, far away downtown and all the girls are looking at him. I was like, dang. And Funky Town's playing like the remix. I was like, oh crap, this this is, this is hitting right now. Love that. Uh, but great pick there, Dr. O. Puss in Boots intro? Yes. He gets his own series from Shrek 2. Like, yes, that's a great, great call. But it goes to me for back to I need picture. a hero. <laughs> but for my first pick here in the sec- second round, I'm going the Lego movie. Another Chris Miller, Phil Lord that they teamed up on. Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks. Uh, this movie's awesome. This movie, I couldn't stop laughing in the movie theater. For- Morgan Freeman just killed me as well. Him in this movie. The Craggle. The Craggle all-time utility in the in a movie and also liam neeson playing the good cop bad cop and then eventually goes bull bad cop i love that uh lego movie like there's not much else to say except like it's just just a great movie in general not just animated movie like just great overall movie funny enough i think the lego movie was ineligible to be nominated for best animated feature yes. because it had the live action aspect and that's bs yes. that movie was so funny it would have won if it was uh actually nominated that year great pick um way better than the second one by the way oh by far easily mm. but all right so then it's back to me first pick of the third round for us this one isn't necessarily like up there on my big board as much like it is up there like easily like deserving to be drafted i just don't think i'm gonna get it back to me so i'm picking it now and it's road to el dorado el dorado oh! you could have got that later i don't know man i don't know if i, I could have gotten it later. it's on my big board it's on my big board yeah sure. i don't know if i could have gotten that later soundtrack hold my lord get it to us but kevin klein kenneth branagh unbelievable movie i think what goes under the radar is the like them in Spain in this movie playing the dice uh, in the streets of Spain. Like I, I thought that was an unbelievable intro to the movie that's forgotten because of just how visually amazing they show uh, the South uh, South American uh, city of gold type El Dorado. Right. I just feel like that's forgotten. That's a great intro. Their personas, Kevin Klein and Kevin Brown just going at each other. I love this movie. 
I think it's severely underrated, including the soundtrack. I think it's up there for greatest soundtracks of all time. It's so tough to, to be a god. Yes. <laughs> so good. So, so good. good. Uh, that's, that's an awesome pick. I think you could have got it later, but uh, th- I, I got to commend you for that. That's awesome. That's one of the, the OG, like I was five years old and I would watch it on repeat. It's one of those oh, movies yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And Ellen John, it rivals his soundtrack to Lion King hot take. Not for yes. Flicks. <laughs> yes. Wow. Easily. Yeah. Wow. So good. Uh, great pick. Um, so, so I'm up, right? Yes. Dr. L. I'm going to go with Kung Fu Panda as my next pick. Uh, 2008 movie. So this is like, I'm like 12 years old, I want to say, in 2008. And I think it, it I, I laughed out loud a lot to this movie. And I watched yeah. it on repeat. I didn't watch like Kung Fu Panda 2 or 3 when it came out. I might have seen Kung Fu Panda 2 once. But Kung Fu, 2, Kung Fu Panda with Jack Black hits. Poe hits. And it's a great cast. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, awesome. In the unbelievable. Movie Dustin Hoffman Hoffman's is great. Unbelievable. Um, and I think Jack Black is one of them. Uh, we had an underrated, uh, underrated in film draft last week, and I think Jack Black deserves a spot on that list because I think he doesn't get recognized. He honestly has the most fire social media in the game right now, whether we're talking about <laughs> – uh, I think it's TikTok or Instagram. The dude's on fire, and I think I can't wait to see him do something else substantial in the film industry because i think whatever he chooses next it's going to be stellar so i'm going kung fu panda as my third round pick unbelievable i love this movie i actually do like the second one but this is just an unbelievable movie i just re- recently rewatched this like a month ago and just shifu dustin hoffman just is on <laughs> he is incredible and um another the, my is this favorite, on a streaming service i saw it on cable but it, it should be like holy crap um seth rogan's great as mantis in this and I think the person that steals the show is Uguay, the turtle, like the master Kung Fu guy, like the old elder turtle, right. like unbelievable in that. So under the radar, like, I don't even know like the actor that plays him, but just, I thought, love that character, Uguay. So great pick. I love it. Fun yes? movie. Excellently done. Excellently done. Uh, am I going back to back here? Yep. Amazing. Uh, I think you guys have missed a big one here. You guys missed missed a, a huge one, and I would definitely have picked it over Kung Fu Panda. I'm going with Madagascar, baby. Wow, Madagascar. That's also a throwback and on repeat oh. in the household back in the day. Big time throwback on repeat. Great music, the lemurs. I like to move it, move, move it. it all time. The penguins, the penguins. Oh my god, the penguins. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. I was actually talking Smile to somebody the other day. They were boys. like, I'm going to the Central Park Zoo. I'm like, oh, my God. I've never been there in my entire life. And I never even thought about it. And no, like, the only giants. Thing... <laughs> the only thing I know about about the, the Central Park Zoo is that it's featured in Madagascar. That's about it. Um, but can't say enough good things about this movie. It's great. It's an adventure. It's fun. And um, it, I think it's I think it's just. It's a great time all around. It's family fun for everybody to enjoy. So Madagascar, it's my third round pick. I love how these were back to back, like Kung Fu Panda, Madagascar, because I was debating like, which one do I like more, Madagascar or Kung Fu Panda when I was developing my big board? And you know what? I personally put Madagascar above it because of the penguins. The penguins just put it on. They're so good. They got their own show. They should have got their own movie, just like the Minions got a movie for Despicable Me. They should always. No, they got a show, I thought. They got a movie? They got both, I thought. 
Oh, gotta, I'll look this up quick while we while we keep going here. But I yeah. think they're perfect supporting characters. Like they're so awesome. And I I like I I was I I gotta be honest. I watched some throwback clips of Madagascar and the Penguins. They did get their own movie. I was, was I with you, Ricky Flux? Yeah, watching did. those. I don't remember. Yes, but I was watching throwback clips of the Penguins because they're so funny. So funny. And yes, they did have their own movie in 2014. As long as long as with the show. But great pick. Nez to you again. All right. I got one. This one's going to be uh, a little a little interesting. I don't know if it's on anybody's I love these board. Nez picks. My next pick is the Prince of Egypt. Okay. An absolute classic. The, the story of Moses. Did you know? Did you know? Hans Zimmer did the music for this back in 1998? I did not know. Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer on the, the Prince of Egypt. On the Prince of Egypt. I want to see him in concert. Put it up there. It's classic. <laughs> I remember watching this. I, I used to watch this when I was uh, young fairly often. What'd you say? I said I would love to see Hans Zimmer in concert. It's been a dream. I've seen it on most social media a few times. I got, I oh, yeah. It looks like, like a festival. Fun. I think he was at Coachella oh, yeah. one year. No way. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Pretty sure. That sounds what? incredible. But yeah, that's my fourth, that's my fourth, uh, fourth round pick. Uh, the Prince of Egypt, Hans Zimmer. Great pick. I don't, even, I don't even know if I know this movie. Really? No, the, you know the Prince of Egypt? It's a classic. I don't think so. It's like if really on, on like a streaming service under the classics category, it would be under that for sure. It's literally maybe a I have. I don't literally. I, I, no, I believe you. I just um for some reason it's I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what that movie is. It's I I also the, it's about the book of. The Book of Exodus, the you know painting the. Let me let me look look up really quick. You, I think you'd recognize Exodus it. From, it's I know it's I haven't seen the movie. It doesn't have any like big, like I don't know. Like, when you think of Aladdin, oh, you think of the genie. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't yeah, have any yeah, big time yeah, characters. No, yeah, I know what movie this is. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you're, I I know what this movie is. I glad we solved the case. Doctor O, your fourth pick. Despicable Me. I can't believe it's last of the fourth round. Yeah, crazy. Despicable Me needs to be on here. Uh, Steve Carell is a revelation <laughs> as Gru. Uh, can't forget him actually being Gru on Ellen's show. Shout out, canceled Ellen. But uh, I have to do. <laughs> I have to pick Despicable Me. I mean, the Minions are a great supporting character. I can easily compare them to the Penguins of Madagascar. I have to go Despicable Me. Uh, the sequel, okay. It's got the wrestler dude in it. I know I fell asleep during that movie. Uh, I think I was just tired. It was like 11 o'clock showing or something. For some reason, I had to say I had to go see Despicable Me that night. Uh, the sequel, I should say. But first one, iconic, Steve Carell, fourth round pick. So, I I think it is a good movie. I just it's, I think it's one of those that I was talking about earlier where the sequels are kind of deteriorating the original. I'm sick of the minions by now. I'm it sick just of makes me like think like the original is so good because the sequels right. are so bad. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did. See, when I, I I don't know if you're with me. I did see this in theaters, um, and I I walked out like surprised, saying, "Wow, that was actually pretty good." Like and that, that was, was good. Our, <laughs> that was with our nephew running around being a maniac, and we I still <laughs> found it a very entertaining movie. Right, <laughs> and like this is Illumination, like Illumination, like what the minions say before every every time they show these movies. Mm-hmm. And like Illumination is not necessarily like it's very well known, but like this is their bread and butter. Like this is their like this is their film that they go back to, and like. If you if you're if you're the film 
that a studio, a major a motion picture studio goes back to and says, this is your film of the studio. Like that's huge. So I think it's a good pick, but thank you. Moving on my fourth pick. I'm going to go personal and pick surfs up. I'm, it's a personal Whoa! pick. I love this movie. Shia LaBeouf, Jeff Bridges. I love it. Uh, surfs up. Wow. I know. So, I don't think most people would put it on their list. Yes, I understand. But this is just one like Chicken Bob or Chicken Joe. I just laugh at every single time. I laugh at this movie. I think it's a great story. Um, what's his name? The, the famous surfer, the Slater, uh, Kelly Slater. He's in this Kelly movie Slater. as well as one of the surfers. Like, it, I think it's just. I didn't un- know that. He's, this movie's just awesome. It's just, if you think of animated movies that are fun, this is it. And it has a great cast around it with fun voices. And just the voices match the characters perfectly. Like an up-and-coming Shia LaBeouf matches the, the surfer that's trying to work really hard to get to this final, right? In the surfing competition. You have Jeff Bridges laid back, the dude, right? Big Lebowski you think of. He's playing the dude, former great surfer in this. It's just perfectly casted and just a fun story and great to watch. Surf's Up is my fourth pick. I haven't seen that movie in so damn long. I know it it's was so used to be on ABC Family a lot, and that's where I would usually get bits and pieces of it. But uh, it was Elijah Wood, right? Elijah Wood. That's like right after. It was like after his Lord of the Rings days, and it was like bang, 07 or something like that. 07 is when the movie was made. But oh, unbelievable Jeff Bridges movie. is perfect for a surfer dude too. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, Shia LaBeouf, Zoe Deschanel, John Heater. I love it. But my last pick here to start this fifth round, I am – struggling i'm struggling here now i had all my personal picks are gone like now i'm gonna have to just pick the highest on my big board i'm doing it i'm picking i'm picking klaus i'm picking it i just think overall oh my god i almost did that that's hilarious overall great movie and the netflix is like that's their first that's going to be their despicable me of illumination klaus is going to be netflix's animated movie that they'll always refer to (laughs) Dr. Rell wrote a blog about it. This is his baby. I'm sorry for taking it. I didn't know if you were going to take it or not. This is the second time I've been cucked out of claws. <laughs> second time. We did Netflix originals, and Nez took it like the second round. And I'm like, what? I could have gotten <laughs> the third round. And then you're taking it right now. You guys are cucking me out of my own pick. We I'm supposed to be the pioneer for this movie. You should have picked it one. But uh, yeah, that's my pick. I'm sorry, Dr. O. I have a lot on my so big good. board, but this is just the best available. There's one other that rivals it, and definitely popularity-wise, it is huge, a lot bigger than Klaus, but just not nearly as good of a movie. So that's my pick. Dr. O, your fifth and final pick. All right, Klaus is so good. Ah, I'm so pissed you took it, but I get to take this, and I get to do this. I would go to Goomba! Oh, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Nice. We have to do this one. Oh my gosh, so rewatchable. I'll, I'm 25 years old. I'll rewatch the SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, movie. no shame at all. Unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I said I would rewatch Rugrats, so this is like small beans compared to that. But uh, just the Goofy Goobar, just that aspect of it, and then the Hasselhoff and that perspective of it. <laughs> did you guys? Remember, did you guys see the as? Uh, it was a. Uh, Nah, sorry, I didn't finish that sentence. But uh, Hasselhoff was selling his, um, I think it was his box, yes. like his uh, dummy 
for the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Yes, and I it saw went that. For like a million dollars or something. It was something crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have to go that. So much nostalgia. I could have. I, I had another pick in mind, but I love that one so much. If I don't really surf on Nickelodeon, the only time I click on Nickelodeon on my uh, TV is if the SpongeBob SquarePants movies is playing. So that's my pick. I'm uh, upset with myself. I forgot about this movie. I know. I forgot. I I honestly, I viewed that as like a third rounder. I I just forgot it. I I'm unbelievable. With the third, fourth, like my snake, I would have easily picked it right there. Third or the beginning of my snake yeah. here. Yeah. Wow. That's on me. But great Dr. pick. O, you, you, you seem like a, uh, a Weenie Hunt Juniors guy. So <laughs> oh. No shame. I eat nails for <laughs> breakfast <laughs> without any milk. Winnie had juniors. But, all right. <laughs> Ness, round us out. Mr. Irrelevant. All right. This, is, this next movie that I'm about to pick is one that Disney could never come out with. And that is Sausage Party. Oh, I didn't even Sausage Party. Yes, it's easy to think that animated movies are only for kids, but this one is certainly not. Sausage Party is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, like especially like first time around. I was distraught for half the movie, but the other half of the movie, I am literally cracking up, like laugh out loud, dying. Uh, I don't recommend this movie if you're not into anything that's uh, it's a lot of crude humor here. Let's yeah. just say that. But uh, I thoroughly the most enjoyed controversial this movie. endings of all time. Yes, for sure. Oh my god, it was absurd. It was absurd, but it was a hilarious movie. It was I, so funny. I remember laughing so hard to this movie, and I, and I just, I yeah, it I, was an easy pick for me. I love how you picked this because I thought you were gonna go in this route, but not with Sausage Party. I thought now that we're over, we can do sport, uh, honorable mentions. I thought you were going like uh, Team uh, Team America or like South Park, like oh, no. something like oh, that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah no. great pick. Wow, I love that. I also forgot to put that on my big board. A Such a good pick, man. You get you get the maturity uh, aspect in your list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let me yeah. let me just read off the list, and we can get into honorable mentions. Ricky Flicks has the Iron Giant, Lego Movie, Road to El Dorado, Surfs Up, Klaus, Doctor Rowe has Into the Spider Verse, Shrek Two, Kung Fu Panda, Despicable Me, SpongeBob SquarePants Movie, and then Nez has Shrek, Nightmare Before Christmas, Madagascar, Prince of Egypt, Sausage Party, Doctor Rowe. Honorable mentions for you. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't pick Space Jam. I thought Nez lined up to take that one perfectly. That that wouldn't sit right with me though. That's like because it's a hybrid of, version. I, I don't is is it is it really animated? Because most of the movie is not. Right, it so does have tough. a hybrid. It's tough aspect. to make that distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Some a quarantine trial. I'm about to write. Spirited away. I yeah. said to Ricky Flex. That, I'm gonna watch. That's it gonna look times. bad. That is, yeah, like if you're, if we're looking at, if we're on film Twitter and we got the film Hardos, if we don't spirit it away on here, they're going to come at us. It did win yeah. Best Animated Feature, last hand drawn picture to win animated Best Animated Feature. Uh, really? Megamind, I had, let me just go, I'll, I won't go through all of them, but I'll just pick, pick and choose a little bit here. Lego mm-hmm. Batman movie, very, very funny. Yes. Um, I also had the Grinch, 1966 version. Yep, I had some um, Christmas ones too. I had, yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town. And then my last one I'll say, Rugrats in Paris. Rugrats in Paris was a, burnt, a certified banger when I was growing up, and I can mm-hmm. never get over that movie. I will watch it whenever I see it. I still have the orange VHS that it yes. came in. Yes, great movie. Nez, honorable mentions for you. 
anymore? Yeah, I don't really have a ton. Um, and you touched on it in the in the last round, actually, with Klaus. But one of the ones that, or the things that we're missing from our drafts, I think I almost drafted Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I mm-hmm. almost drafted Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Those, are some, those are some those are some classics. Those Christmas ones, mm-hmm. uh, and then I also have Charlotte's Web. We didn't draft Charlotte uh, Charlotte's Web, which is oh another, my gosh, uh, yeah. classic. I did think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it would have been really embarrassing. I actually almost drafted Big Hero Six, thinking that it was not a Disney movie, but I had to verify, and it turns out it is a Disney production. Apparently, going to be live Marvel action. Yes, too. live action. So mm-hmm. that would have been bad. Glad I didn't do that. <laughs> that would have been a Game of Thrones all over again for me and you. But my big board here left. I have a lot. I think the shocker for me, and it goes into what I was. I've been saying this entire top billing is getting deteriorated from the sequels is Ice Age. Ice Age like is an oh, all-time flick. Shoot. Oh, wow. All-time flick. Ice and I, that's what I was debating with my fifth pick. And I just can't do it because the sequels are just so bad. And I think everyone just forgets how great this 2002 movie is. Um, another a couple, couple more for me. Land Before, Land Before Time. That's a personal pick. <laughs> wow. That's good. But, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, an American Tale. Five Goes West. Not, an, not the original American Tale. Five yeah. Goes West. That's mm-hmm. a great one. Um, Balto. Another good one. Uh, any of the Scooby Doo's, uh, like Cyber Chase or um, Witch's Cyber Ghost. Chase was such a bad yeah Zombie Island, like any of those a Halloween one, Spook, which is Ghost, which is Ghost, which yeah. is Ghost. That's, That's a good one. Um, any of the Batman's from the animated series, like Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Beyond: <gasps> Return of the Joker, the Batman Superman movie. Those are all like personal picks. Um, I think those are they rival anything. Mark Hamill being the Joker, um, Kevin Conroy's Batman, unbelievable. And then just a couple more. Chicken Run. We didn't. No one picked Chicken Run. And Chicken it's getting a Run was on my board. I can't believe I didn't board. take yeah. Batman Mask the Phantasm. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons movie. No one picked that. Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Uh, and that was a classic. We're the yeah, kids was of America. Was <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was a and good then one. Uh, some hybrids. Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Looney Tunes back in action. Just some hybrid movies. But that rounds us out for our top billing of non-Disney animated movies. Nez, back to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. That will wrap it up for our 26th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, and please follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at the Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, We are on Facebook and YouTube as The Drive-In. And check out our blog on a daily basis on thedriveinpod.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we will... 